0: Hello, my name is Mark Gibson, and you're listening to the podcast version of the Chagask Signpost Series, a weekly webinar that promotes and examines sustainability in Irish farming. Hello, and a very good morning to you, and you're most welcome to today's Signpost webinar. We hope you're keeping safe and well. And today, uh, the health and safety of farmers we will be discussing, it is a significant challenge for Irish the Irish farming community, And unfortunately, fatality rates in agriculture have remained stubbornly high over the last uh, 20 years or so. And of course, let's not forget about all of the injuries as well that are taking place on Irish farms. Not, Not all being reported, of course. Uh, already, two people have lost their lives in Irish farms in 2024. Too, too many. Of co- I think you will all agree. So today, we'll be discussing managing health and safety on the farm in the busy spring season. And we're delighted to be joined by Dr. John McNamara, who's senior farm health and safety specialist with Chagask, and also Francis Bly, who's a farm safe and uh, health and safety specialist with Chagask Also. Uh, Good morning, uh, John and Francis, you're most welcome, and uh, pass, good morning to you. You're going to help us with questions later on. How are you today? Great. Good. Good. Great, great. So, John and Francis, I have the pleasure of working closely with you both. Maybe, John, could you just give us a little bit of a background to the work that you're doing within the, the farm health and safety team within Chagask, very briefly?
1: Yeah, well, basically, we want all advisors and educators uh, and Chagas messages to reflect health and safety. It's a really important, sustain, you know, a, a lifestyle issue, but also a sustainability I- I- issue. Uh, no, we also have uh, a very strong partnership with the Health and Safety Authority and with the Farm Safety Partnership, representative of all the various farming organisations.
0: And Francis, I know you're involved in a lot of events as well across the country and a lot of publicity campaigns. Could you share us a little bit behind the, the motivation of those and and what what you do th- through those.
2: So uh, all all the events obviously have their own various themes are working very closely at the moment uh, with the team in Grange in relation to the development of an event uh, this summer in June for uh, Beef 2024. So our, our I suppose, focus um, for me would be to ensure that health and safety is uh, threaded through the whole event and all the various advice that's been delivered and, and some um, bespoke, I suppose, advice in relation to farmer health and some demonstrations on health and safety. So we try to do that with all the events uh, across the year.
0: Right, right. Uh, without further ado, John, we'll hand over to you and uh, we'll take questions afterwards.
2: Oh, great. Thank, thanks, Mark.
1: Uh, now, uh, you know, I think in the stock market, they say uh, past, well, I think they say past performance. You should you, you should have a look at that, whether it indicates future performance is another question. We would hope in um, uh, farm safety not that we can make improvements So I'm going to show some fatal accident data for last year and for uh, the last 10 years uh, prepared by the Health and Safety Authority, uh, uh, with whom, as I've said, we have an excellent working relationship. Uh, Now, uh, uh, before I um, um, go into the data, I'd just like to point out the, the horrific consequences of both uh, fatalities, obviously, but uh, injury also, you know, pain and suffering, disability, loss of income, loss of independence, poor health, mental health issues, you know, and and dare I say it, you know, worse. Uh, so so uh, that's what we're talking about. So it behoves us all to make the efforts, apart from fatal accidents, you know, that's about 4,500 non-fatal accidents on Irish farms. Uh, right uh here's here is the uh, headline data and uh you know tractor uh, headline data for twenty twenty three I should say this is last year. so about uh you know twenty five percent four accidents occurred with uh tractors and machinery five thirty one percent with livestock uh fall uh, falling loads uh twelve percent two uh falls. Uh particularly from heights, 19%, three of them, and drowning. And I'll come back to Slurry with a further presentation uh later, too. Uh, so uh, uh th- th- that's the scene for last year. Um now looking at the overall trends, uh y- you know, uh we have been able to bring accidents down, but we have never been able to keep them down consistently. Uh looking at uh uh tor- uh uh looking at uh 2014 you know the huge number of accidents huge workload on farms at the time a lot of rushing and a lot of people caught trapped between rolling tractors and vehicles and trailers that sort of area along with fodder crisis maybe uh if i move on to la- the last couple of years uh, you know, from the middle of, uh, you know, 2020, uh, we had COVID and accidents in the first half of the early part of 2020 were high. But when COVID arrived, they suddenly re- reduced. So we feel that uh, lack of labour on farm, I'm oh, sorry, more labour on farms, people working from home and that and being available to help uh, was probably a significant factor along with maybe respect for the health services and people not wanting to go in hospitals. Now, regressively, uh, fatal accidents uh, have are going up. And last year there was 16 fatal accidents, you know, so, so one is one too many, but far too high. Now, uh, overall, uh, the point I want to make is that accidents are coming down, uh, you know, uh, but the figures are variable. Uh but older farmers over the age of 65, the second line from the top on that graph, they have gone up uh, over the last number of years. Uh, younger farmers from 17 to 64, as you can see, that's a long term trend line downwards there. And I'm glad in 2022 and I think in 23 also, uh, no ch- no childhood fatalities. And now just look at a quick look for the last 10 years on, on uh, uh, fatal accidents and uh, you no know, vehicles is the big issue uh, followed by livestock followed by falling loads, uh, machinery falls uh, and that. So compared to last year, um, you know, uh, a lot more vehicles on average and uh, that th- than last year, last year there was a lot more livestock in our uh, Irish farms. Uh, Vehicle uh, fatalities, just to look at those for a second. And, uh, you know, getting knocked down on the farm is the biggest issue, you know, whether it be with a tractor, with a loader, uh, you know, uh, quads, and there's new regulations there on quads, uh, you know, trailers, excavators, and and others. Uh, Now, falls on farms, and there's 24 of those, uh, you know, and they're they're a big area of concern. You know, falls from heights, uh, falls from roofs. Falls from ladders uh, and, and roofs, uh falling off vehicles. So the simple stuff falling from you no know, getting literally falling off a vehicle or, or uh slipper trapped between bales. Uh they were the main issues there. Um now uh, by age group, uh, over 65s, uh you know, uh let's have a look at those. And uh uh, you know, uh they account for for, for half the accidents. Then 55 to 64, 19%. And, you know, as you get into the, you know, 45 to 54, 9%, but then it goes into lower. So uh, age is a significant factor with accidents. And, you know, older farmer safety is is a huge issue. Uh, Childhood accidents, uh, predominantly involving machinery, either getting knocked down is what I would say, or, our, our, uh, our um, you know, g- 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 falling off from machine uh, our, our tractor or a vehicle is, is the big issue there. Uh, livestock accidents, uh, you know, it used to be all about bulls, but, uh, you know, if you look at this slide, uh, you know, it's, it's not about bulls. Bull accidents are, are still there, but uh, cow accidents have increased. Uh, they may be about uh, 30% or uh, 25 to 30% of the accidents. But livestock, all, all livestock can be dangerous due to their size and weight and possible aggression uh, and that. So that's something that's important to note. Uh, now, the over 65 accidents, a lot with, with, with vehicles, a lot with uh, livestock and a lot with falls and falling loads. Right, uh, but those are the main points I want to to uh, to 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 make about livestock, uh, and uh you know, I think as I said at the start, I think the point we, we want to make is we want to learn from the fast. uh there are three let's call them bullseye areas. one is uh, tractors and machinery, and you know around farmyards in particular, another is livestock, particularly cows and bulls. Uh, and that and another is falls particularly from heights and on and from roofs uh, and, uh, and that and older farmers uh, particularly uh, are a, a significant uh, uh victims in accidents they account for half of them in fact so uh, course, that, that reflects
0: that. the the the, um, the 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 change of average age of farmers as well, of course, within the, the farming sector. John, we have a question just to in I, I think it might be uh, worth uh, uh, talking about it now. Uh, the question is in relation to uh, suicide, and uh, how how is that accounted for? Is that is that recorded in those figures that you've presented, or how or where where would that be available?
1: Um, uh, uh, no it is not accounted for those in those figures these are work related accidents related to work work activities suicide is you know it's a voluntary act so it's excluded now I should say that my my colleague uh, Dr. David Meredith is studying suicide rates in Ireland and we had a we have a European seminar we ha- we held uh, you know Safe Habitus, a U- European grant we held a, a seminar in Brussels recently uh, suicides in France about twenty percent, uh, you know, somewhat higher than the rest of the uh, the population, and you know the research that David and his colleagues are doing is is, is kind of showing that some uh, you know suicide levels are somewhat higher in, in the whole rural area than than Orban.
0: Okay, great. Okay, thanks, thanks, John. Uh, we might bring Francis in now for the the second part of of the presentation. So, Francis, you are going to focus on some of the the sort of practical uh advice that that uh farmers can can uh take on for the next uh number of months and uh it is a a dangerous time of the year cows cow uh, cows calving and uh movement of animals and handling of animals and so forth so uh and and of course uh being organized is is an important part of that so if uh, a reminder that uh, we have the Q and A tab at the bottom of the screen, and if uh, anyone wants to uh, submit some questions for uh, both John or Francis, uh, please do so. Thanks.
2: So, 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 really, yes. With what America said there. Um, my main focus here is, I suppose, the practical aspect of you know we've seen a lot about the statistics. Uh, where the fatal accidents are happening. John has presented them very well. Uh, I'm just really talking about maybe some of the main issues that we're going to face during the the spring season and we are facing currently. Um, And really it all boils down to, you know, how the decisions that we're making every day about the jobs that we're doing. And one of the big areas that we need to be focused on is workload. Um, So how much work do we have? How much time do we have to do it? And are we able to kind of fit everything in in a sustainable way um so you know the research would say that we need to keep work rest and leisure in equal proportions if at all possible uh, obviously this time of the year you know the work will, will increase a small bit more but we need to be cognizant of the fact that it needs to be sustainable um or, or it's going to have an impact on us uh or, or or other people that are on the farm you know we need to make sure that if we Find that workload is too severe, or you know, it, it, there's too much to do. We need to get help. We need to seek help, or we need to find ways of bringing in help. And that sometimes can mean, you know, contractors doing certain jobs that they're specifically tailored to do, or maybe hiring in casual labor, um, or you know, just trying to find some help on the farm, not letting it get on top of you. Um, we need to make sure that we're getting sufficient amount of sleep. You know, when that workload increases. Um, when we're trying to do, you know, burning the candle at both sides, um, sleep can can be the, the victim, I suppose. Um, and a recent study from the Irish far- uh, of Irish farmers conducted by Dublin City University found that almost one of one in four of the people that report, responded to the survey said um, that they felt burnout, and over half had sleep issues. So that's, you know, stark in relation to, you know, the problem that's out there. Uh, And at this time of the year, you know, these issues can be even more severe. And if you have too much to do, your head is going to be going through all the various jobs you have done and what you need to do. And that can affect sleep and it can make it worse. So it's important to kind of take action uh, and try and, you know, manage your, your sleep and manage your workload. The next step is diet and exercise. It's very important, you know, during busy times that you plan regular meals, that you're there at a specific time or within a reasonable amount of, uh, you know, at that time to have your regular meals and try to avoid snacking. Um, You know, aim for at least 30 minutes of moderate intensity activity five days per week. You know, we are out and we are about as farmers. You know, looking at stock, doing our jobs, and we think, I suppose, that we're getting a, a large amount of exercise. Um, but but when we think about it, really, how much or how many times during the day, you know, do you feel like that your heart is 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 kind of racing a small bit? You know, that physical exercise, and that's what we need to have. We need to have, we need to be fit. Um, obviously, being out in the air, you know, it's it's healthy. But we need to to ensure that we have that fitness level as as, as well, uh, and, and we need to think about that. And obviously, if there's any issues there, we need to kind of regularly kind of visit the doctor and make sure that we're we're checking them out and that we're getting the regular NCTs. Um, I suppose uh, for a lot of farms at the moment, um, going across all the industries, whether that be uh, dairying, um, beef, or and and also some tillage farms, calving is 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 is. Is a busy time of the year. Um, So, what are the main messages we have there? It's again, think about the job you're doing, risk assess what you're doing every day, and don't rush in. Identify animals that, you know, before you rush in to help an animal um, that might need assistance with calving identify what she's doing you know think about her temperament um before you help her obviously before um try to make sure that she's in good health you know vaccinations are important to prevent issues associated with weak calves and um maybe scours and you know that will increase your workload so good healthy animals will reduce workload make sure you have your calving pin but also make sure that you use it you know the health and safety authority would tell us that you know, their inspectors find that a lot of farmers have calving gates and calving pins, but not always are, are farmers using them. So it's important to make the decision to move animals into them pins and use them. Always keep that physical barrier between you and 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 the cow. Um, and that also means when you're tagging the calf or, do, or doing anything else with the calf, make sure there's a physical barrier between you and the calf uh, and the cow. Sorry always seek help you know if we, if you find that the the task is challenging and sometimes that can happen as you get older you know it's always seek help and always make the decision you know that as you get older that maybe the number of cows that you have need to be reduced or maybe you're not able to deal with cows calving anymore so these are the kind of decisions that we need to be making as we get older John talked a lot about you know those accidents that the increase as 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 we get older and our mobility reduces safety at lambing time again Good, healthy animals will reduce workload. So, spend time and uh, devote time to making sure animals are in good good condition and that they have the, the correct um, vaccinations and their good health uh, good health status. Make sure you have the lambing facilities in place. Make sure they're well maintained and secure. Good lighting. If you're out early in the morning or late at night, you need to make sure that the lights are in place. Get the electrician in, replace the bulbs. Any wiring that needs to be fixed up, get them to do that as well. You know, ha- have... have facilities in, in good condition and manage things well. The lambing cameras are excellent. There's a grant there, 60% grant at the moment through TAMS3 for cal- for calving uh, lambing cameras and also for upgrading lighting. Um, you know, they're great for reducing the number of times you have to come into the shed uh, and obviously, you know, it'll help you maybe, you know, take a little bit more rest time. Back injuries, big issue for, for all farmers, but especially sheep farmers, you know, you have um Osborne, uh, we, a recent re- uh, research project was done uh, by Eva Osborne, and she found that 56% of farmers reported back injury uh, or reported a musculoskeletal disorder, and, uh, and about 40% of those were back injuries. So, you know, try to make sure that you have good facilities, that you're not running around the shed trying to get sheep into pens, that you have the gates in place, that everything is in control, is, is, is done in a controlled manner. Zoonotic disease is very important to consider. Again, the vaccinations are uh, for for your sheep is very important. Also, hygiene for yourself. And you know, one other message we'd have is you know make sure you you don't bring, I suppose, um, dirty or. or clothes that might have some um some issues in relation to 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 the viruses on them or discharge from animals on them into the house because that can can if it get in contact with people it, it can have cause a problem. You know, you have toxic osmosis and, and different things like that that can can cause a problem. So you know hygiene is very important. Use your protective clothing, take it off before you go into the house and wash before you go into the house and use your use your gloves. Um John talked about the uh, other big issue um, in his statistics there in relation to farm vehicles. So very busy at the moment. You know, jobs are been done, and John will talk about slurry. But there's other other issues. I, I suppose jobs have been done on the farm uh, with machinery. And those blind spots are the big issue that we want to try and ensure that farmers are, are aware of. So being knocked over and being crushed by by tractors um, and farm vehicles is where a large number of the deaths are occurring. And the HSA, uh, Health and Safety Authority, are finding that. Again, John mentioned quads. You know, every person that, that operates a quad on a farm now must have training um, complete and must also risk assess the, the job before they use the quad and they must also wear a helmet. So it's important to, to consider that. You know, Again, we do a lot of work, I suppose, trying to um, emphasize the importance of drivers being aware of the blind spot and family members being aware of blind spots around, around tractors and machinery. So if there is activities on the farm at the moment, uh, like slurry, like tractors moving and operating, smoke spreading, cleaning out sheds, make sure children are kept very far away um from the activity that they're supervised um uh and that other people that are on the farm that they make sure that they keep a safe distance away from operating machinery because those those crush injuries and um you know people being knocked down by tractors is a big issue and it's something that we need to focus on and try to reduce injuries in this this particular area um uh, I suppose we're into the season now for uh, for fertilizer uh, spreading and to think about, thinking about it and, and making it happen. Again, workload, it's one of the main questions that we try to ask farmers. Do you have time to spread the fertilizer? You know, uh, are you very busy at the moment? Is it something that you can get a contractor to do? You know, they can take it on as a specific project for themselves. Uh, and and when they get when they get used to you the farm and where to go and the rates you're putting out, then it's something that you don't have to be thinking about. But if you are thinking about it, make sure you plan in advance. Make sure your machines are well-maintained, um, that they're attached correctly, that if there is any maintenance that's required on the machine or the tractor, that it's done before you start doing the work. So you need to risk assess the, the fertilizer spreader and the tractor and make sure that it's done correctly. And if there are, there are people on the farm, young people maybe sometimes uh, get the job of spreading the fertilizers, that they are well-trained, they know what they're doing, and they're competent to do it. Um, the fertilizer type that you're getting on the farm can have an impact. So, you know, consider maybe bulk or big bag options. Uh, it can reduce the need for manual lifting of the 50 kg bags. But when you start increasing the weight, you 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 change, I suppose, the risks. So you're dealing with, with different risks when you have heavier weights. You know, store fertilizer safely and a clean level surface. Um, beware, uh, it's a big message we have, beware of damaged bags as they can cause sudden movement and collapse. When the fertilizer starts to seep out of the fertilizer bag, then the center of gravity of the bag changes and it can can move and it can um, allow other bags that are surrounding it or above it to move also. So it's important to consider that, to think about it and to be aware of it and to always have your eyes open for it. You know, if you are using bulk fertilizer, maybe sometimes it's it's on um, tillage farms, ensure the store walls are structurally sound, you know, it's important to cover it to prevent the moisture getting into it. Um, you know, conditions can become slippery when you're moving bags around the farmyard. You know, think about sharp edges on whatever you're lifting them with. You know, there are uh, there is equipment um, available that are specifically designed for moving um, the large bags. The the hook needs to be well rounded and, and no sharp edges. Obviously, it's very important to never stand under or close to raised bags. Always keep that little bit of distance that if something goes wrong, that you're not in the crush zone. Complete the task and lower lifting equipment. So obviously, when you start to the process of putting fertilizer into the fertilizer spreader and you lift the bag, make sure you c- continue until you have the job done or at least leave the bag down and make sure it's safe. Don't leave it hanging in the air, um, you know, uh, on, on you're not if you're not there or or if you're not close to it when emptying bulk bags um it's it's recommended not to cut from the base of the bag just cut a little bit above the base um or to the side of the base 15 centimeters above the base in an x and let the fertilizer out there is a large number of different types of knives that you can get that mean you don't have to be reaching in underneath the bag to uh to 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 allow the fertilizer to, to to come out um, in relation to the small bags, you know, 50 kg fertilizer bag is really a two person lift. If you were on site, it would be a two person lift um, on a construction site. So it's a two person lift and it's something you need to consider. You know, you can cause severe injury, as I said. Um, Eve Osborne found that 56% of farmers have um, a musculoskeletal disorder. Uh, so it is something that is, you know, something you need to consider. Um, so Obviously, avoiding having the small bags will reduce, will remove the risk of, of it causing a back injury. Uh, but if you do have the small bags, it's it's a good idea to maybe to place them at waist height. So some farmers would leave them on a trailer, so that you're moving them or sliding them rather than actually having to lift them from the ground. You know, manual handling is 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 very important, and having good lifting lifting techniques that would mean you know lifting with a broad stable base feet flat on the floor Um, you know use your knees uh, bend your knees and use your use your legs for the lifting keep your back straight um, uh, grip firmly Uh, keep the bag uh, close to your body so keep the fertilizer bag close to your body so you're keeping the center of gravity close to your body and use your legs to lift and always walk in the movement you know don't be twisting your back while you're lifting so that can that can be a a high risk activity so you lift it you you use your feet to change the direction rather than your back okay um, a large number of farmers still out there are part of the liming scheme still have to spread for, uh, spread lime what message we have for 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 you farmers and anyone else i suppose bringing lime onto the farm is you know think about where you're going to store it before it's spread think about the lorry coming into to tip it. where is it going to how is it going to get in how is it going to get out um you know is the is the the ground conditions good um are there any trees that might be an issue are there any overhead power lines you know think about egress and uh, access and egress of the lorry again for people that are loading they like um uh, areas that happen slopes, they don't want to be on the side of public roads. And again, overhead power lines are a consideration as well. So just think about that and advise the Lyme contractor of any high-risk areas in the farm. Uh, and if you're in that activity yourself, you know, use dust mask uh, or use the mask um, and the eye protection. Um, we have a series of videos um, that we really would encourage people to um, go on the Chagas website and and view there's about 22 videos on all types of of different aspects of farm safety and it's something that we really really would encourage you know there's a very good video um, just as as an example on farm vehicle safety and blind spots so yourself will learn uh, as a farmer but if you have young people on the farm uh, or, or other workers, you know, uh, encouraging them to view the the videos um, is a very good idea. So, there are just some messages, Mark, that um, that we have uh, for for people this spring.
0: Hey, thanks, uh, Francis, and uh, thanks, John, as well. Um, we have uh, a few questions coming in now, but uh, please do keep your questions coming through. And and uh, a reminder to people that, that that there there is a huge amount of uh, resources available on the chagas website uh, including those videos um Francis, for for people who maybe aren't farmers or are working with farmers um coming around visiting farms this time of the year what what advice would you give or how if they spotted something maybe that uh, they felt and and oftentimes it it does take a, a a third party or a fresh pair of eyes to to identify something any advice you'd offer there
2: I'd always offer uh, the advice. I would always uh, would just. Uh, I suppose uh, the advice I would offer would be that people would always have the conversation, you know, not to let not to let it pass, not to let the opportunity pass, just to mention that you know you you think that this particular activity or the the hazard that you identified, that it's very important to let the farmer know because sometimes they don't see it. Um, and sometimes, they, you know, you could pass—they—they pass by it every day, and they just don't don't notice. Um, because you get familiar over time on your farm with your farm and the way you do things and the activities you do, the the way you manage the farm. Um, and you may not always see the the risk and the hazard. So it's very important to 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 have the conversation with the farmer if you notice that there's an issue on the farm. And if if people if farmers have other people coming on the farm, obviously. We would really encourage farmers to ensure that everybody comes to the house first that they don't wander down the yard um and that there's that there's that separation between the house and the yard and that if visitors are coming that they're supervised um while they're on the farm
0: the um you talked about the the 56 percent of farmers suffering uh, from musculoskeletal disorders and a large proportion of those are back problems john um we still see the fifty kg bag of fertilizer uh being being offered uh to farmers. And I, I see the construction industry now it's a twenty-five kg bag of cement that's offered there. And uh we don't want to go down the route of producing more plastic either, but is is it it does it make sense having having uh having those types of dangers there? I mean, oftentimes we know that farming is a a solitary uh, exercise and, and uh, lifting getting a second person to help lifting a 50 kg bag is is often not so practical
1: yeah no, there has been a huge shift towards uh, the 50 kg bags uh you, you know uh, over time and i think that is beneficial uh provided people have the correct mechanical you know a hoist uh you know when uh, you know to lift the lift the bag I think it's
0: uh, a uh, shift away from the 50 kg
1: bag. No, no uh, yeah sorry, a shift away uh, yeah. you know f- f- from the 50 kg bag. Apologies. Mm-hmm. Uh you know towards the, the larger is it quarter ton or half ton bag? Yes. Uh, uh um and that's the right way. Now the legal, you know, the, the key to lifting anything is is correct technique. Now there is no legal uh, limit to what you can lift, you know, but twenty five kgs is, is is about what what well, you know what health and safety would recommend you should lift. So so moving towards the bigger bag is beneficial provided that it's done done, done safely. There are dangers with it.
2: I, I might come in there, Marcus, for a second. I, I, I know um the health and safety authority are, are having conversations i suppose um on the possibility of moving to the 25 kg bag with with the fertilizer industry but obviously the all the machines are set up uh, for the 50 kg so it's it's a, it's a process uh over time and um and i know john is is going to cover a little bit on slurry as well in a few minutes so it's it's kind of one of those things where we need to i suppose identify the best ways we can do these jobs um, and if we can move to the to the 500 kg um, you know the half ton bags it's it's the way to go but we need to have the facilities we need to have the equipment and we need to have the know-how and we need to do it safely.
0: So uh, John we are coming into the slurry season now or well we're we're in it at the moment in parts of the country uh, what what advice are you offering there?
1: No, I have a short PowerPoint on it, so that's a considerable okay. amount okay. of advice. Maybe I see uh, John Finn has uh, answered the question there, uh, uh, asked me a question, you know, about accidents com- coming down and that. No, but John, uh, <laughs> the, the the issue is, no, we have brought accidents down, but keeping them down is the challenge, you know? And anytime there's high awareness and people are uh, kind of exercised about safety, they come down, uh, and then people get get um, kind of let's call it complacent, or they forget about accidents, and they tend to go up again. Now, particular successes, you know, under the age of fifty-five, accidents have come down significantly. Uh, power shaft, now there has been one this year, but uh, you know, but power shaft accidents have come down, so we have successes. Uh, but, but they're being replaced by other issues, particularly tractor knockdowns. Now, just about accidents, like they're really caused by the impact of energy, whether it's a power shaft or a bag or whatever falling on somebody. Uh, and I think just from Francis's talk, like you, you really have to be alert the whole time uh, to, to, uh, uh, to, to avoid accidents. You need good behaviors, but you also need uh, uh, good good facilities
3: question for, for Francis. Uh, you mentioned quickly some of the, the, the support on TAMS for uh, cameras, Would you might just give an idea of the broader level of, of support under TAMS for various uh, uh, safe, health and safety uh, infrastructure that might be useful on the farm.
2: Yeah, so, so the, the TAMS 3 scheme, um, you know, under the farm sa- safety element of the scheme, it, it provides 60% grant funding. Um, so there's a wide suite of of different options under that particular um, uh, stream of the scheme. Uh, one of the main, I suppose, ones that farmers are very interested in is cattle handling facilities. That's you can get them fixed or or you can get them mobile. Sheep handling facilities, either fixed or, or mobile. Um, you know, as we said, the lighting in in farmyards. Um, you can get granted towards upgrading uh, your lighting. Um, also, in relation to skylights, um, you can get uh, granted for bars on, on under skylights. Um, you can also, you know, get uh, uh, there's a kind of a, a pump for for um, PTO shafts. Um, replacing the PTO shaft with a hydraulic pump. So there's a large number of different um, elements there. And what I would say is that encourage farmers to talk to their advisor if there are any types of work that they'd like to do on the farm. To see if there's grant funding available to help them and support them to um to get that equipment on site. The calving pin, I, I should have mentioned the calving pin is is one of the big issue areas that you can get um that we're really encouraging farmers to consider and the calving gate and head scoops and backing gates, um, and backing barriers, anti backing bars. So they're all there at sixty percent grant funding for all farmers.
3: Francis, just if I look at, at the car now, there's all kinds of sensors on, on the car to identify where people are around the car and, and a lot of dangers. But is there any similar development in, in farm machinery to try an alert or, or is it just too, does it just get too confusing?
2: Um, well, you know, when we talk to the Health and Safety Authority, they will always say, like, um, they've tried the sensors, they've tried the cameras, they're all useful they're all brilliant in relation to uh, if they're on the on the equipment you know some of the bigger loaders will have sensors for people around them Le- some of the bigger machines in relation to balers and tankers will have uh, cameras on the back of them so that you can kind of see where you're reversing and you'll have monitors in the tractor but the, they will always say the hsa will always say to us that the best method of preventing knockdowns is that you know the people that are surrounding the the machine are aware of the fact that the, the driver can't see them. So we there's an education piece there in making sure that the driver is aware of his or her blind spots and that the people that surround the machine are aware of their blind spots, that they're just not being able to see, that they need to be well out outside the zone where they can be crushed by these machines. And yes, there are there is equipment, but it's a second phase of, of, of prevention. It's not the first phase. The first phase is keeping out of the crush zone.
0: Okay, John, we can see your screen fully there. So, if you would like to, great.
2: Right, no, slavery is
1: a big issue, uh, and uh, so so that's how consequently I have to uh, produce a PowerPoint. Now we we have uh, uh, a leaflet uh, on it, you know, on our website that was. Uh, prepared with the Health and Safety Authority, and it was prepared, sadly, after the Spence tragedy in, in Northern Ireland in, in, in uh, uh, 2013 uh, and uh, and that. So, so the key point, uh, you know, I think you saw from the diagram earlier that about 10 people die, you know, either falling into slurry tanks Or uh, gassing and and that. Now, pathologists have difficulty in deciding at times, you know, whether it's gassing or whether it's drowning. A person might get uh, some gas and get a bit faint and fall in, that sort of thing. No, but the crucial point I want to make is to guard uh, guard, uh, slurry openings, you know, whether they're lagoons or whether they're uh, underground tanks. Okay. now the next thing is air, windy day, ventilation, you know, and uh, I'll have to more or less emphasize that, you know, any dull day when there's no air movement, that's when fatalities with gassing have taken place. Never go into a tank, you know, Uh, this is a specialist task. You need breathing apparatus, you need harnesses, you need training. Never go into a tank. Okay. And just while I'm with uh, 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 this graphic, uh, you know, uh, the power shaft people work, tend know that, that um, slurry tanks have rotating power shafts. Uh, all power shafts need to be covered and never go near the, 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 the shaft uh make sure warning signs are in place. And uh lest I forget to say it, no, slurry gas detection systems can, you know, we're, we're on sale, but the HSA has strongly uh not recommended them. Uh and uh, you know, they they cannot uh, they 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 should not be relied on. Right. Uh, there are numerous gases, but hydrogen sulfide is the big, big one. Uh, but there's carbon dioxide as well that can develop inside an empty tank or semi-empty tank. Methane, you know, which uh, on the continent causes an odd explosion and in Ireland also and ammonia. Uh, you know, lack of oxygen in tanks can be a problem. Uh, greatest issues occur when the gas is released after agitation. Long storage of an effluent is added. Now, uh, hydrogen sulfide has been the big killer, uh, but lack of oxygen is the other one. Uh, so the occupational exposure limits over 15 minutes is 10 parts per million. Uh, at low levels, that level, you'd get the smell of rotten eggs. No, but my colleague, J.J. Lennon and Peter Frost in Ireland, Ireland, they did a study in Ireland some years ago, and there's been a more recent study in the UK that, that shows that up to 10,000 parts per parts of uh, parts per million of gas are released, which is, uh, in uh, you know, which is, uh, you know, lethal, instantly lethal. Now, uh, you know, the, 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 the research work would show that, you know, when the crust is broken and slurry is released, you know, that's a huge peak. But within 10, 30 minutes of good ventilation, you know, uh, uh, slurry gas levels drop. No, um, in, no. One thing I want to emphasize, you know, and I feel there is a deficit here uh, 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 that could compromise safety. But you know, adequate uh, slurry uh, and dairy, wa- soiled dairy washings. You know uh, that that's need. You need to have adequate slurry. You no, know, this is related to uh, stock numbers, and you know, we all know that dairying increased. So, so we need enough slurry slurry capacity to uh, deal with it. We need to keep out rainwater. Albeit slurry needs to be at a certain moisture to be spread properly, but you know generally we need to keep out rainwater. The best time to spread slurry is when the grass is growing. You know, you know, and uh, if you're putting it out in other times of the year earlier or in wet ground, you're compromising environmental issues uh, and that. But but you know, very often cattle can be in sheds, and you're compromising possibly safety also. No, the weather has changed, and you know we, you know, there's a lot of rain at different times of the year now, and you know we need to account to, to that, account for that when when we are calculating slurry capacity. So I, I'm saying overall is is uh, uh, investment is needed, I believe, on farms, right? Just with buildings, particularly, uh, you know, pipes or channels or cracks. No, from slurry tanks leading to other buildings can be highly dangerous, you know, where uh, slurry gas is blown into them and, you know, it can actually concentrate in those areas, you know, and there have been uh, a number of instances in Ireland related to this. So, uh, you know, the buildings need to be checked as well. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, air movement and blowing over slurry that can, uh, you know, unless the, the the gas can dissipate into the air, then it can build into lethal levels. Now, slurry movement, uh, you know, uh, around farms, uh, you know, uh, you know, there's road usage, pipes crossing roads. Uh, you know, using uh, the bigger tankers with uh, uh, the trailing shoe, you know, that adds uh, maybe a tonne and a half to the back of a slurry tank. So that can change centre of gravities. And, you know, a good tractor, a good solid tractor is needed to control it. And care is needed on slopes and that. And, you know, when I'm talking about slurry, just to remember hygiene, you know, the tank spread infections. So uh, washing facilities, covering cuts, having a first aid box. All that is important. So um, there is an excellent uh, uh, leaflet, uh, uh, a sign, I should say, available from the Health and Safety Authority. And, you know, we would encourage people to get that, download that sign and, uh, uh, you know, put it up. And more importantly, to uh, remember the key messages which are spelt out on us. Okay, I think that's that's my presentation. Thank you.
0: Thanks, John. Um, really, really excellent advice there. Uh, yes, yeah, sorry, sorry. Season is is always a, a, a dangerous time, and of course, subsequently, silage season as well, uh, which is is not far away in in uh, many parts of the country, down particularly down south. Um, John uh, and Francis, uh, you both spoke a lot about the the farm fatalities and the the kind of physical risks. Um, I know you're also doing a lot of work around the, the whole um, mental health uh, and farmer farmer melt, mental health. I attended an excellent session uh, organised by one of our colleagues there recently, and it was very very uh, practical steps of what farmers could do to just to to address some of those stress issues. And I do see some questions coming in through from our. Our audience this morning related to that topic of of uh, reducing the the stress uh, and those pinch points of the year. Maybe both of you would like to to comment on that.
1: Yeah, sure. Sure, I'll, I'll I'll go first. And you know, there's two aspects to stress. One is farm-related stress, right, uh, due to farming. And uh, uh, the big issues there, quite frankly, are workload. You know, people are busy. It can you know put them they lose sleep and that sort of thing. And uh, and stress uh, can build up. Mental health issues can build up. Another one is let's call it paperwork or bureaucracy or whatever you want to call it. Uh you know but advisors are there and consultants are there to help people with the, the you know the type of farming that has to be done now on paper. Uh you know poor health and safety conditions you know that is a stressful area. And poor health, you know, you know, causing disability and that, you know, if people are in pain, that can cause 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 stress also. So I would say we have a leaflet positive mental health is available on our website. But, uh, you know, advisors and consultants are available to help with farming issues. Now, uh, there's a personal side to health as well, and uh, uh, what advisors and consultants can do there is signpost farmers towards uh, health, uh, 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 you know, health agencies, and uh, you know, and a medical a doctor is is generally the port of call for the health services. So we would encourage farmers to look after their health. You know, take time off, realise the symptoms. You know, of stress in themselves. And you know, seek seek uh professional help, help care care advice uh and, and that. So it's a combination of both. Uh, you know, work-based stress and personal uh personal stress, and you know, gaining health literacy is 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 a huge issue. Thank you. Thanks, John.
0: Um, francis
2: yeah so just to follow on from from john and john is very well covered in relation to the to the main points uh, but maybe back to what what i was saying in relation to workload it's you know if you can kind of manage manage your farm um in a way that makes um it efficient i suppose and you try to uh, uh, avoid that increase in workload and that would mean maybe as we said, talking talking to the contractor, what type of jobs can they do to help? And I know there's a financial implication for that in relation to you have to pay these people to come in to help you. But if you do find that stress is a problem for you, then it's, it's important not to let it fester and not to let it build, uh, not to let it get worse. It's important to make the decision to talk to people, talk to your advisor, see if they have maybe some pointers that they can give you in relation to ways to reduce um, the stress levels on the farm. Um, there is uh, advisors. Um, there is an on-farm ground uh, training um, being provided uh, by the Department of Health and the Department of 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 the of food, of, of Agriculture um, for advisors over the next few, next three years. Now, some advisors have already gone through it, but that's lar- largely to encourage advisors to talk to farmers and to help farmers with stress and had help them manage stress. Um, so th- that's important. And the other thing, I suppose, for the, for people watching is that you may not be the person that's that's uh, feeling stress at the moment as a farmer, but your neighbors might be. And it might be a, a good idea maybe to stop the car and let down the window if you see them you know, opening a gate or along the road and have a conversation and a talk with them. Sometimes loneliness can be an issue as well. So, you know, you might not be the person that is feeling the stress, but you might have a positive impact on someone that is feeling stress. And you might be able to kind of, um, you know, nudge them in a certain direction for them to help themselves. Um, You know, all we can do is try to help.
0: Francis yeah no really really solid advice there Ash, uh, lots of yeah, a in couple, there. Of,
2: couple of questions coming in
3: in relation to the potential role of, of uh, knowledge transfer groups to uh, highlight uh, and there's one question each on both the stresses and, and mental he- health issues but also on a, a proactive approach of, of discussion groups going around the farm and trying to get engaged in in activities of identifying issues Supposed to support an individual farm, but also to raise the awareness. So, what role potentially is there there for those groups?
1: No, no absolutely. And uh, you know, we, you know, there is a huge volume of material there, uh, and the Department of Agriculture, you know, uh, who specified the requirements, you know, want mental health covered uh 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 you know on these uh, events you, you know at these kt events <laughs> no i would say generally like that uh, discussion groups kt events are absolutely hugely Uh, important in promoting, you know, adoption towards health and safety, both in changing farmers, you know, helping farmers to change their own mindsets and to see issues on their farms, you know, and let's say 14 or 15 uh, pairs of eyes is much better than one. And, like, uh, you know, improved adoption has been well shown around KT and uh, uh, our discussion groups. So we'd encourage totally
3: there's a, a question there, and it, it specifically calls out uh, chainsaws and the fact that farmers don't tend to have the proper safety equipment. How good are farmers at ensuring that they have the safety equipment that supports them uh, in the various jobs they're, they're doing?
2: I, I might check that, Pat. Yeah, yeah, yeah so so uh, obviously with, with chainsaws, we are really, really encouraging all farmers that have a chainsaw to go and get the, to, on a training course and learn how to use the the, tr- the chainsaw correctly and learn the various pieces of equipment that they need to keep themselves safe and how to manage them and how to use them and how to protect them. Um, you know, there's a large number of different pieces of equipment that keeps the chainsaw safe and also will help to keep um, the operator safe. And then there's a large amount of knowledge required in relation to the types of of cuts and different ways of managing different types of timber. Um, so, you know, really what, what we'd say there is that obviously having the boots, obviously having the the, the chainsaw trousers, um, making sure you have the gloves and the helmet and the ear protectors, but knowing how to use them and knowing why you're using them is just as important. Um, so taking the time out for a, a day to go on a, a a training course is very much time well spent and widely, I suppose, across agriculture, there is um, as, there is that make-do attitude, like, I, I have this job to do. I have this type of equipment. I'm going to make it work one way or the other if I can at all possible. And that can cause challenges, and that does cause a risk, and that will increase the hazard. If you're trying to use equipment for the wrong purpose, um to do a particular job that it's not designed for then you are increasing the risk and it is something that you know we do try to encourage farmers to make sure they have the correct equipment uh, for the types of jobs they're doing um, and make sure they have the c- the competence to do the to do the work they have the skills and they understand the type of type of jo- challenges that are associated with the work and they don't put themselves or anybody else at risk
0: yeah and i think it's it's taking that moment to think about you know, what sort of time do I need to allocate to this job here? Um uh from rushing, of course, you know, leads to 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 uh problems as well. Um Francis, you mentioned about the the, the chainsaw training courses. You also mentioned quad training. Where where can uh they they those courses be accessed?
2: So there there's a, a large number of training providers across the country advertising um the course um for quads. So all all Every farmer that has a quad on their farm, and that is functional and they use or intend to use it, must have a, a training course complete. And any other person on the farm, whether that's sons or daughters or any other person that might be working on the farm, if they use the quad, they must have the training completed as well. Um, and what really that means is that farmers need to, you know, look at the, in their local co-op. There's usually signs up. There's usually signs up in the local Chagas offices. Uh, if they go online, if they're tech savvy and go online, they can um, uh, they can you know put in uh, quad bike uh, training, uh, and a, a number of different service uh, providers will will pop up. And it's usually most providers are providing a course, a one day course for for people that have experience of using a quad. And it can be a two or maybe a three day course for people that don't have any experience of using the quad. Um, And the legislation also requires farmers to to have a a safety helmet and also to ensure that they do a risk assessment before before using using the quad. So, you know, we we have, you know, if if people want to contact us, we have a list of of providers, but that's changing every day as new training providers are added to, to the list.
3: There's a question there about uh, uh, road safety, and I suppose there's a, a couple of elements. This one is is where you've ingress in a, 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 and uh, vehicles coming out of fields potentially leaving uh, effect, effectively muck on the road, uh, but also I suppose general ingress and, and egress to to, to uh, roadways and, and uh, making sure that there's safety precautions taken. Um, yeah. Any yeah. comment on that?
1: Yeah, no, I'll take that one. Um, You know, road safety is, you know, public safety, road safety is hugely important, you know, and it's high risk, you know, cars passing at whatever speed, 30, 50, 80, 100 kilometres per hour. No, the farmer, uh, whoever puts the muck on the road, you know, has a duty, you know, first of all, you should prevent it if you can. But if you do, you have a duty to remove it forthwith, you know, in law, you know, you, you have a duty to do it, you know. Now the uh the, the the person who asked the question mentioned about the construction industry, uh, you know, with, with road sweepers to clean them. Well, they're available for agriculture as well, so they should be used and used thoroughly, you know, to, to to do it, you know. So the the big issue is prevention and uh uh prevent prevent the slaughter of the muck on the road if possible first. But keeping roads clean also uh, needs to be done and 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 done immediately. I just mentioned as well, like warning signs are out. Are- you know, and that, uh, you know, bollards, though, those kind of areas are hugely important, uh, you know, but you need a license to put something on the, the the hard surface of the road, you know, but they can be put on the, uh, you know, on the sides of roads, on the ditches, you on, know, on, 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 on the, you, you know, the edge of the road, the hedgerows and that sort of thing. Okay, I
0: think we've time for one more question, uh, Pat.
1: Yeah, no, there's, a, a I suppose, a, a question about farmers.
3: You you talked about fitness, and I know there's a a, a, a local group near us. There, there's a, a farmer group who, a number of them have back problems, and they took on a, a combination of Pilates and, and uh, yoga to try help them and, and found it uh, very beneficial. And a lot of people might kind of snigger at a, a farmer Pilates group. But I think the point you make about Fitness and, and appropriate fitness and and I suppose therapeutic fitness might, uh, uh, has a potential role to
0: play for farmers. Absolutely, yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Maybe, I, could I just quickly comment? We have an article coming up in today's farm in, in that area, you know, but farmers are getting lots of steps, maybe 14,000 steps a day on farms, but they're not getting uh, moderate to vigorous exercise. So the, what you say, Pat, all those areas of exercise, you know, are, are, are very worthwhile and useful, you, you know, and, you know, going to the gym and, you know, the article we have focuses on, on increasing uh, moderate uh, levels of exercise.
0: Thanks to encourage the the cardio side of things. Yeah. Look, uh, we are out of time. Uh, Francis and John, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Really useful uh, uh, advice there, but also uh, on the big picture of the the, the numbers of, of uh, accidents and, and fatalities that are occurring still on Irish farms and uh, that's that older age group of, of, at a particular risk. Um, um, so I wanted to say thanks to uh, Mary O'Loughlin and Yvonne Maher in the background as well for helping us out. Uh, to remind her also that um, the applications are still open for the, the Chagas Environmental Sustainability Awards. Uh, the closing date for that is the 29th of February. So uh, if you or you know somebody that uh, might be eligible or interested to uh, do visit the Chagas website for full details on that. It's an online application process. Um, Next week, we're going to be joined by Tom Houlihan, who's our forestry specialist, and he's going to be talking to us about forest creation options on the farm, uh, which is particularly relevant, uh, given that there is a new uh, series of schemes that have been launched by the the Department of Agriculture. Uh, So so that will be of particular interest uh, to anybody who's thinking about planting forestry or they have uh, clients or people they know who are considering. considering that as an option. So until next week, uh, have a good weekend, and uh, we will uh, talk to you again. A reminder as well that all of the content from today is available on the Chagas website, and of previous webinars, you can go through all of the archives for back right back to twenty twenty uh, to twenty twenty three. So please do if you want to avail of those presentations and videos; they're all there uh, to to be used. And we encourage anyone who wants to use them uh, with groups uh, where you're welcome to do that as well so um so we'll leave it it at that and uh thanks again to everybody you've been listening to the podcast version of the chagisk signpost series the weekly webinar that promotes and examines sustainability in irish farming don't forget to join us live every friday morning for our latest webinar for more visit chagisk.ie and you can also rate review and subscribe to the signpost series on apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Mark Gibson, and thanks for listening.